In business and life, relationships are everything. Welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, where we interview top business leaders and learn how they build relationships with their teams, clients, and those that promote and refer them. Here's your host, business trainer and leader of the People Catalyst team, Carla Nelson. Jim Carr offers clients his experience as a consumer researcher, award-winning corporate marketing leader, and now consultant, speaker, and coach to businesses ranging from startups to members of the Fortune 500. He's the author of The Science of Customer Connections and host the Manage Your Message podcast. Jim has an MBA from Duke University along with a bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees from the University of Florida. But Jim also knows you don't have to be a PhD, a professional speaker, an extrovert, or a brilliant conversationalist to bring your own message and business story to life. You just need to follow a process he calls managing your message. And welcome to the People Catalyst Podcast, Jim Carr. Carla, it is a pleasure to be here with you, wherever here is, of course, these <laughs> days. Yeah. And, uh, here is, is definitely a different uh, you know, meeting these days. There's no doubt about it, right? I'm speaking to you from uh, the American heartland in Little Rock, Arkansas. Oh, of course. Little Rock. Oh, my gosh. Everybody loves Little Rock, Arkansas. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you started out. You, you've had a, an incredible uh, history in regards of working with companies and then working on companies. So, share with us your journey, your entrepreneurial journey. <laughs> Well, Carla, I suspect, and, and like a lot of professionals these days, maybe it makes more sense in hindsight than it even did at the time. Well, of uh, course it always does, right? <laughs> Hindsight's always twenty twenty, and I had to put my glasses on last night to watch <laughs> the movie <laughs> I was watching. In, uh, in my case, and uh, we, we talked about this just a bit, uh, my background, the three real big buckets professionally for, for me was I began as a professor and researcher. I had a, worked at three different universities and even made tenure. And my area was about audience research and consumer research and understanding what people responded to and didn't and, uh, and what difference that can make for, uh, for a business or for an individual. Uh, the, the second phase was as the chief marketing officer for a medium-sized private company. Uh, we had um, several different businesses and uh, I had had the CEO had been a consulting client of mine when I was teaching and he lured me back into the private sector and I really enjoyed that part, the practical aspect of how do you build a business uh, through good marketing and sales practices. And for the past decade plus, I have been a consultant, uh, a trainer and advisor working all the way from with startups and entrepreneurs to private companies to associations. And a lot of it has been with uh, sales teams um, and customer service teams. So trying to help them learn messaging, which is a big topic that uh, we yes. can more specific well, about. Everybody's but, talking about story time, right? We love it, right? Like, exactly. And, and so there are lots of ways. Some people can think about it in terms of, it's our mission or vision statement, or it's our tagline, our promotions, it's storytelling. And, and yes, it's all of those, but where I focused a lot of my work now uh, is 
in everyday business conversations. So it's and with a whether it be with a sales team or a entrepreneur or um, delivery teams, whatever that may be, knowing how to talk about the business, you know what uh, mm-hmm. what are the what are the uh, questions to ask? What are the stories to tell? What are the insights that you can bring? How do you show your empathy as well as your understanding? So, uh, oh, I love from- that empathy and understanding. That's fantastic, there, Jim. Like you got to, ex- oh, so I'll let you finish your story, but we've got to come back to this empathy and understanding, right? Like we're on the same side. How can I help you get out of where yeah. you're at, right? It, it's a very key component. I'll, I'll transition into that. But Carla, so I, all these things together have, although they're kind of in some ways disparate professional background uh, areas. I put them together, and so it's it's given me a nice view across a lot of different organizations and industries about what is it that your audience, your customer or prospect will respond to. And by the way, those can be internal customers as well. Um, oh, of course, we have to get our team on board, our internal customers, before exactly. we move to the external customers, which is the actual person who's buying the product or service, right? Exactly. Um, my background as a, as a corporate marketing leader helps a lot to really gain an understanding of the practical aspects. How do you deal with your sales force and distributors and partners and budgets and metrics and tracking all of that? It's, it's difficult in practice. And then... Um, my consulting and teaching and training and advising, it kind of scratches the teaching itch. I still really feel uh, that I'm a teacher in many ways, but being able to work uh, with people in areas that they can apply to their work and their organizations right away and get the results back from it and build their confidence and their skill over time. So I think at this point, all of the pieces fit together nicely. And Carla, if I may, just real quickly, because I want to address something you brought up uh, a moment ago. You talked about empathy. And this gets into uh, an area that is very important now. It really has been for quite some time. I think everyone, uh, whether they run a business or run a team or they're a subject matter expert uh, working inside of an organization, everyone I talk to, Carla, wants to be trusted. They want to be a trusted advisor. They want Mm -hmm. to be trustworthy, consultative, so that their ideas come through. What I found, um, a very simple shorthand here, is that trustworthiness as a professional is, is really a combination of a couple of things. The first is your expertise. It's what you know. It's the problems you know how to solve. And, it, and that's pretty easy to talk about. It's in our credentials and our experience and our degrees. It's the kind of thing that we put in our bios the other half of this, though, aside from the expertise, is your empathy. Mm-hmm. It really gets to your understanding of the other person's situation, where you're a good fit, and what they're dealing with. And so what I find a lot, and this is at the person level and this is at the company level, Carla, is they tend to, most, most folks tend to over-index and then to overemphasize one side versus the other. They talk a lot more about their expertise than they do demonstrate their empathy. Mm. The best way to show your empathy and to really gain understanding is through conversation, through asking yeah. questions and listening well and being able to relate things. So that's the world that I'm, I'm helping, I guess, as much as anything now, Carla, is taking people and taking companies that have something to offer, helping them be able to build trustworthiness, build 
uh, deeper relationships and more relationships, but also accelerate their selling cycle, build uh, better customer experience, all through conversation and how they talk about the business. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So that, and that's just a great message, right? And that's your, your first part of what you're talking about is not only how to communicate that message to your team, but also your customers. And so chat with us a little bit about this whole messenger piece, right? Like, so we've got it. We know what the message is, like who should be the messenger, right? To deliver this to the, uh, customer and or the client? Well, the messenger part is is very important and often gets, uh, I think, overlooked. And within the larger uh, sphere here, Carla, and for your listeners, what I found is that if you look at either people who seem to do this really well, or especially organizations, you know, who are the ones that seem to have a clear message and everybody's on the same page and and they really generate this this flywheel of growth for the business versus the rest of us who struggle with it. You know, we kind of sound like everybody else and, and a lot of pressure is on the leader to build the business or close the deal or share the vision and, and, and it seems to get inconsistent over time. So what is it that seems to, to mark those who do this well versus those who struggle with it and are frustrated by it? And I find it has three components, the message, the messengers, and management habits. We can talk about each of those a little bit as well. So we, we spoke a little bit about message. You asked about messengers. So think of those as the actual human beings that you want to share whatever that message is. And um, what I find, Carla, is when you ask about who should be a messenger, well, anyone who knows about you and your business and has some stake financial, emotional stake in success. So essentially your messenger could be internally or externally. It should be, yes. And for it to be consistent and for you to have the widest fan base possible. And what I find is that unfortunately, when it comes to messengers, that a lot of leaders inside the organization, they underestimate themselves and their ability to do this. And they'll really underestimate their teams or the base of people who could be messengers. There's been for a couple of generations, and I I have a very strong point of view on this, and and it's uh, backed by some recent research as well. Uh, We have had for a couple of generations in business, the supposition, the assumption that extroverts, for example, are the best salespeople. Uh, well, my good friend just worked, uh, wrote a book. It's called The Introvert's Edge, actually. Um, yes. And, and it and talks about how you actually have an edge. And if you have a sales process by being an introvert versus an extrovert, it's really interesting research. It, it is. Um, and I've seen some of that same research about introverts. Um, Adam Grant, um, seven or eight years ago, did, uh, did some some work as well. And he, he was among the first to test this proposition empirically. So he went to a real sales team. There were a couple hundred people who were an inside sales team. Um, I forget actually the product or the solution it was, but he had given them first a personality test, um, which measured introversion to extroversion on, on a scale. And then he uh, measured how well they did over a period of time. And you can control for a lot of factors. How hard they worked, did they cut the price? How much experience did they have? Controlling for all the other factors. And what he found was something really interesting on two levels. 
first, the the introverted uh, salespeople and the extroverted salespeople were equally effective. There was no advantage one way or the other. Statistically, it was the same. The, but what was really interesting were people in the middle were the most effective. And the fact is, like a lot of personality characteristics, it's really a bell curve in the population. Most people are not really introverted or really extroverted. They're in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. We're in the middle. <laughs> yeah. in the middle. And, and to the research and the guests that you've had on and, and the research that's been done, whether you think of them as the, the introverts and the extroverts and the people in the middle, everybody has inherent wiring and skills that they can bring to this. Um, but, and I, I even talked to Adam Grant about his research uh, not long ago when I was getting ready to write uh, my own book. And I said, is it safe to say that most people are naturally wired for good conversation? He said, yes, actually that, that's true. And so don't get, if you're the leader, uh, or if you're the person who is looking across your team and your existing relationships and thinking, oh, well, I'm not a big talker and most of them aren't. This is probably not for all of us. I'd say, no, no, don't, don't sell yourself short. Don't sell them short. So while you'll want to tailor what you do according to people uh, and, and their comfort level, everyone has something to offer. So Oh, that's so true. Yes. Everyone has something to offer. We always say here that we need you all. We just need you at different times of the work. Yes, and sometimes at different roles. Yes. Okay, so then let's roll that into, Jim, the management aspect. So, you know, we've identified uh, the message, right? And then the messengers who are raving fans, internal, external. So share with us a little bit about the management aspect of, you know, what happens with that moving forward. You bet. And what often happens, and really it's, it's management habits, and structure oh, practices. Yeah. Yes. It's not the people. The managers probably aren't broken. Everyone's trying to do the best they can, but they're carrying baggage of how they meet and how they train and what they've tried and the bureaucracy and, and, and all of that. So if you think, oh, we really do need to change how everyone in the business talks about the business, what are we going to do? Well, I would say let's you're less likely to have long-term effects if everyone treats this as some promotional campaign or the flavor of the month, right? So what you want to do is bake in participation in creating the message. You want to bake this in to how people are taught and how they learn in the organization. So how they're onboarded and the training that they get and that sort of thing, but also just the everyday habits how is it that, mm -hmm. that people meet? What do they talk about? Do they share stories? Are we sharing um, what's working in our messaging and give people some confidence and some competence in terms of doing it? So what we want to do is a few simple things, but make this a, a permanent part of how we think about ourselves, um, how we learn, how we teach, and how we coach, and how we meet. Yeah, so I love the confidence and competence because one of the things that I've learned, Jim, over the years is certain things that comes natural to some doesn't come natural to all. Like we're different. We lead in different ways at different times and really understanding the uh, competence, right, of an individual. So like meet them where they're at, but then giving them the confidence 
to be able to work with those people. So if you could talk a little bit to that, that would be, you know, amazing. And having those onboarding habits, right? Instead of, oh, you just like, you know, you're on board. Here's the fire. Good luck. Yeah. Here we go. Here's our 12 point vision <laughs> statement. Go for yeah. it. Right. Good luck. <laughs> So yeah. there, there are a lot of stories and encouraging stories to tell. One that comes to mind immediately, and, and I won't give you the name of the company, but the situation what it was. Uh, so this was a company I worked with um, just a few years ago, and their world is in, uh, they make uh, forklifts and warehouse systems, and they do driver training. And so you think about warehouse and supply chain, that's their world. And... Um, and there are just a few companies that really dominate that world. And we were working with their subject matter experts and their salespeople and their leadership because what they were noticing over time, Carla, is that things were getting harder. It was getting harder to sell. It was harder, um, even though they had really good relationships and a really good reputation in the industry, uh, things were, were declining for them or stagnant. And here's what we found. So I, you talk a lot about relationships, obviously core of the work that you do. And they have relationships, but I I thought of, uh, for example, the typical salesperson for this company, their relationships with their clients, their customers, were at warehouse managers and people who worked in that world. Well, over time, as the things that they were selling, their solutions got more and more complex and more and more expensive, um, they started to have implications, not just in supply chain, but for finance and risk management and HR. And, and what happening is those existing customer relationships that were, say, at the warehouse manager level, that person, that buyer would say, look, uh, Carla, we like you. I just can't buy from you anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have authority. We've got to have you. Uh, we got to get this through finance. We got to get this through whatever. And so from the people that I was working with at, at my client, they're, all of a sudden their confidence level went way down because they would say, Jim, I, I don't know how to talk to a chief financial officer. You know, I know my world. What am I supposed to say? I'm going to look like a fool. Yeah, the truth. <laughs> the right? truth. So Your playbook of truth, right, Jim? Tell them exactly what's up. And so there, there's where the confidence was lacking. And they'd, they, they'd say, Jim, you know, um, if I go in and even if my friend, the, my relationship with the warehouse manager, if they can get me a meeting with the CFO, if I go in there and I look bad, they ask me questions I don't know how to answer. Um, I don't speak that language well. Not only will I not get that deal, but I'll look bad in front of my relationship. That relationship with the warehouse manager uh, won't, won't be as strong anymore. I made them look bad. So they wouldn't have the conversation. So we had to go in and, and help build, um, again, the right questions to ask, the right insights to bring. The fact is they already knew a lot of stuff that really would be very interesting to a chief financial officer, but having to work with them to turn to the exact things to say and let role play and coach it and encourage one another. And so there was a permanent change in what they were talking about and the confidence that they had. And so then that's built upon itself. They got a five point market share increase in the year after we came in and basically built a new playbook for them. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, but that confidence is this X factor, Carla, that's kind of below the surface, but it's really, really important about 
how it, uh, whether your message becomes a growth engine for your business or it never gets shared in the first place. Oh, I love that. And you think from the highest levels of, you know, business that that would be, you know, expected, but you know, people are people in human nature is human nature, right, Jim? It is very much so. And oftentimes the leader, whether it be up at the CEO level or a team leader, uh, they can often think, I, I think I've heard you say that, um, Carla, that we can make this mistake. We, we're kind of we can have this blind spot of thinking that everybody else is like us. Oh my goodness. You, I, it, it was my mentor that taught me that I, I, you know, I'd stay up till wee hours of the morning creating something and then I deliver it to my team. And I'm like, why didn't they adopt it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, because people aren't like you and people support That's what they right. build. And so bringing them in to have them help and support what it is that you're, you know, you're trying to accomplish and having them put their thumbprint on it is critical. It, it's about inspiring others and uh, teaching others and helping others because that, that's what you need to make it happen, right? With your message, absolutely. creating your messengers and then you know, identifying the management around that piece um, is, is critical. So you're right on point, Jim. It, it, it is critical, and that blind spot is very common. I mean, I'm as subject to it as, as anyone else. But it, and it comes to the core of oftentimes, you know, I will hear, say, a, uh, a leader, a sales manager, a service manager, whomever, and, and in moments of frustration, they may say something honest like, I don't understand why they don't get it, or we have to educate <laughs> the marketplace, or yeah. They're really frustrated by that. And, and if they get it, they get the vision, they understand the strategy, they have depth of knowledge, and they have a hard time figuring why, why doesn't everyone have the same level of confidence or skill uh, in that. And, and if there's one overriding thing that I can share with you and with your listeners is that this whole messaging piece, as squishy as it seems, as much of a problem as it can be, it's a manageable business issue. You just yeah. some principles. And, and, and it truly is the glue because think it about it. That it's the glue that pulls the vision, that pulls the mission, that pulls mm -hmm. the why, that pulls the, you know, extension to the customers that, yeah, I mean, it is the glue. It's the glue that pulls everything together and all that, you know, messy stuff that we have to do day in and day out with business. And that's the glue. And, and that's the, the thing by which we make all other decisions as well. So it's uh, pretty fantastic, Jim. So, okay, how can our listeners get a hold of you? Well, the easiest uh, way is to go to my website or follow me on LinkedIn or listen to my podcast. The hardest thing, Carla, and maybe you can help me here in the sh uh, show notes, is the spelling of my last name. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to say and then differently in spelling. <laughs> That's right. If you can get even close to it in Google search, you'll find me. Uh, it is K-A-R-R-H, car with a K, uh, if you serve for manage, manage your message or anything along those lines, uh, you'll find it. But on my, uh, my website, um, I, I do have lots of free resources and a sample of uh, a new book that I have called The Science of Customer Connections, Manage Your Message to Grow Your Business. The book is available in paperback and Kindle and audiobook versions and all the typical places where you buy and consume business books. And we'll make sure that's in the show notes as well, Jim. Absolutely. And I also have this thing called a podcast. 
which is oh, really, really what the cool a podcast. Kids have. Right. Mine is called the Manager Message Podcast, and it's uh, all of, with, with tips and things that we offer with experts and uh, deep dives into areas about crafting your message and building your messenger base and the management habits that, that keep it all together. Well, absolutely fantastic, Jim. It's been just a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much for sharing in regards to uh, managing your message, having and understanding your messengers and the management around those uh, individuals. So I appreciate it. And uh, we'll have to have you on the show again. This is fantastic. We'll have to do a deeper dive. I'd look forward to that. Carla, it's a pleasure to connect with you. And, and it's really an honor to be able to talk to uh, your, your base of listeners who are living this out every day. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the People Catalyst podcast. And remember, it's a good life. <laughs>